Welcome to Forgive Me Father. Here in the confession booth, we discuss how a certain aspect of life and church culture work together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help everyone understand each other more and create dialogue no matter what you've experienced or believe. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? I expressed doubts about church and the Bible. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird because it's, I'd never, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. Did you ever, you, in your episode, AJ, you said you grew up kind of loosely Muslim, right? Yes. Uh, were you, like I kind of described, uh, how I grew up Christian. Is that how you were Muslim? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I never really like did anything to, Mm. you know what I mean? Like I said to my parents, like, yeah, I'm Muslim. Or like, if anybody asked me, I'd be like, yeah, my family's Muslim or I'm Muslim, but I never did anything about it. Um, I never wore a hijab. I only wore it when I went to the mosque. I didn't Mm. wear it outside of it. Um, I never like prayed five times a day. I never did Ramadan. I never did any of those things. Um, but my dad would still, he would do those fear tactics. He would use those fear tactics on me almost every day, hmm. um, no matter what I did. And it was like down to what I wore and what I ate and what I said and how I felt. Everything was like, well, that's against this. Don't read on it though. Cause he would, he would, he was very discouraging of me reading and doing my own research, which is like, really, yeah, he would explain it to me and he'd be like, well, this is the reason why, and you shouldn't do that or else you're going to face wrath on judgment day. And I was like, what? Like for wearing ripped jeans, dude, why? And he was like, <laughs> he was like, cause Allah said so. And I was like, well, why? And he was like, well, because me and Allah said so. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and that's when I like when I would hit around like 11 uh, and started developing my own opinion, sense of style, music taste, whatever. I was like, you know, I don't really think this is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he pretty much, he, he would do that. Like I could never ask any questions. I could never doubt anything that he said and I could never disagree. And if I did, that is my fault and that mm. I am a bad person. Um, there were many times, especially as I got older, that I started fighting back and like arguing back and being like, well, okay, th- I'm not going to just take this now. Um, what's up? And he would just completely chew me out. Like morally, he would just make me feel like a terrible person for even questioning it. Mm. So to a degree, I I know what it feels like, but I've never had like, I've never experienced the like, it is my every single day go to the Mm. mosque or read the Quran and like go to, you know, Quran study, Bible study, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And do all of that and have my entire life and my entire social circle be the religion. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that feels like. And that is terrifying that like they use that fear to be like, well, you're going to be alone in this world if you leave. Like that is chilling to me. It was mainly just my dad. And I was like, (laughs) all right, dude. (laughs) 
<laughs> so to an extent, I get it. Like the whole like low key manipulation thing of like just turning it like, okay, what's your what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, that hits home. It's it's weird though because I think even in like the case of like from your dad to these these people uh, within the church that that we were a part of, I don't think it comes from a place of like I don't think anyone that you're talking to is actively being like we have to manipulate them yeah yeah that's what i think i agree with that i do i feel like especially if they were all like raised in that culture that's like all they know and that's like they i don't think they all internally think that they're doing any sort of malice or have Mm -hmm. any like intent to like be like we're gonna corrupt you you know Mm. um yeah like my dad did but yeah, I mean, even to to my point where I was talking about like being a leader and, and telling these people these different things, you know, I never went back to my roommate who was basically leading the the Radford side of the campus ministry at the time. You know, I never him and I never met together at night and were saying like, yeah, you know, I had to I had to tell Tucker what's what, you know, like <laughs> had to manipulate and connive a, a wee bit over here. It was always a, a very sincere kind of like yeah i mean it seems like tucker's really struggling in, with with his faith in believing such and such or dealing with thoughts of doubt you know stuff like that so it was never it was never this behind closed doors we're all like yeah you know conniving and and and, and masterminding manipulation mm-hmm. it, it really was from a sincere place but being now on the outside and and, all, and being on the receiving end of it too when i left it is a very different and eye-opening and even scary kind of reception to 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 honest and earnest questions of of doubt and and wanting to to know. Yeah, and I agree with what Tucker said earlier. He was like, "I don't think like the majority of the people around you are like doing it on purpose." But I, the way how it got to this point, I think there was someone a lot or some people along the lines that were like this is what we gotta do it's gotta start from somewhere yeah (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. but it's uh on the specifically on like doubt and things i what's weird with faith i think is like once when when i pursued those doubts it was received within the church as like you're losing your faith or you are we within the church would call someone leaving the church that they fell away and Mm -hmm. It, but I felt like the more I explored those doubts or rather allowed myself to like stare at those fears in, in the fear hole. <laughs> okay. That's where they go. That is, that is where they live. That's where they, they are. The fear hole. Can you not laugh? I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't okay. say fear hole and expect me not to laugh. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. It's on you, man. Yeah, that was that's stupid. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, when I was able to like confront those fears and doubts, that's when I really it felt more like I was able to have faith in something. When it was like allowing it to be like, I don't know that I don't believe in God, but I know that I don't believe in that god but that it's like i heard a metaphor once <laughs> everyone turns off okay that's it <laughs> heard a metaphor 
I heard a metaphor. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Burn my iPhone. Um, (laughs) that was like you faith is like this it's like this furniture that you're given from your parents and you kind of reach a certain age and you have like you look around your house and you're like none of this furniture is mine and then you have to just like get rid of it all you just get rid of everything get rid of all your faith but then and that is i think to acknowledge all of your doubts in what these things that you were given but then after you've applied that distance you could be like i think i liked a lot of that <laughs> like i liked that chair or whatever but it wasn't mine but like i think i'm going to keep that one and then you reassemble your house with some of the stuff this metaphor uh it's really i like it <laughs> i like it <laughs> but you you uh, you reassemble your faith with the things that you actually believed but for the longest time you feel like you have to hold on to those yeah um and yeah, once I was able to actually pursue those, it it felt very freeing and felt more so like I, for a while, it was like, I don't believe in God. And then I would hear things that were like, you know, what is that definition of, of God? And like, what are we talking about? And when all that, and I was like, I, in, in the church, I didn't think I could ask that question. I didn't think I could be like, maybe God isn't a being. and that is something that nowadays to me is like such a freeing possibility. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. The, is that, you know, to, to, to open the, the third eye of John. Let's take a gander in that fear hole real quick. Stop. Okay. I, <laughs> open your fear hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound it makes when it opens. <laughs> All right, it's there. What's a grab bag of fears now? (laughs) What do you think? What do you? Hey, hey, uh, real quick, small question. What do you think God is? That yo, you want to know, sir? This is a Chili's. What do you want? (laughs) One of the the first questions I've ever asked when I was like, like starting to like read up on Christianity was with my friend, um, who was telling me about it. I was like, so where did he come from? Like, where how did he show up? Where's who's his mom? And he was like, what? He's always been there. And I'm like, where did he come from? <laughs> is it God, even a he? Is I don't know. Is God genderless? We don't know. And he was like, we know. It says he in the Bible. And I was like, well, how did they know that? Well, <laughs> I mean, listen, John, you got to correct me. You're the expert here. Is it not? Ooh, that's a lot of pressure. You are the <laughs> expert. <laughs> is, it, is it not that if you go back, a lot of the pronouns and stuff in the Bible are like, vague or not even specifically given that when they were originally written that right? sounds right that sounds correct as a long as it of... sounds right it Put sounds it correct books. who knows uh no. stash that away under fact uh no there is a lot of there's a lot of like when you go back and look at things there's just been so many translations then you got to think yeah. of the americanization of so much of the bible like i think when i was studying greek and hebrew and you know all that stuff like in my own free time like i didn't like i didn't go to christian school i went to like a huge one of the biggest party schools in virginia uh so obviously i wasn't like oh i'm gonna master in jesus um but (laughs) but when i was studying greek and hebrew in my own free time like learning the actual like things of scriptures and then also like studying like the i don't want to say sociology of of christianity but also like the transference of 
translations and stuff like that. There was a lot of Americanization. There was a lot of, we're going to kind of patriarchy, this, mm-hmm. this stuff. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, like even the word homosexuality isn't actually in the Bible. Hot take. There it yeah. is. I you can correct me if I'm wrong. I heard that the whole homosexuality thing, like man lay with man, was brought like was popularized in the 80s published version of the Bible where they changed it to man lay with man. But before the or the original translation was man may not man man shall not lie what? Man shall not lie with boy. Yeah. And it was talking about pedophilia. Not- that was the yeah that was the original original uh yeah i mean i don't think it was the 80s i think it was something earlier but it was definitely like within the most recent centuries yeah. not when you know we I first think, started i think it was reading stuff over i think that's and that was uh, i think a, a real freeing thing was i learned that like matthew mark luke and john are the same story told four different times uh really yeah it's all the story of jesus like that's those are the those were the dudes those are the dudes that were like yeah i know jesus they were like yeah jesus let me tell you about jesus each one of those um but they're so wildly different depending on who you're reading like john the baptist was obviously like wild wildly evangelical he was like big on the jesus train all all aboard um (laughs) board um whereas Mar- and there's like the most miracles are in the book of john correct me if i'm wrong john shows more of the heart of jesus mark is more fast paced and where you only really see the miracles and the big events of jesus like so john the gospel according to john is the apostle john not john the baptist oh uh, no no edit that out okay <laughs> um, <laughs> luke was a doctor back in those times and so mm-hmm. that's why you get a lot of like the more in-depth look of things with nope, luke's gospel and then matthew is just very much like an overview i can't i don't know a ton on matthew but it, it's kind of like a conglomeration of all of those three gotcha yeah yeah okay that's so yeah how <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> i was just making sure you knew <laughs> no <laughs> yeah no i the it's the book of john being like like you were saying more like miraculous and, and, and all that stuff versus Mark being much more fast paced. Like if, if, if I remember right, they don't, and don't correct me. Uh, they don't bring up, he, it does, does Jesus actually come back in Mark? I, if I, <laughs> I know he doesn't John, I know he doesn't Matthew and he doesn't Luke. Maybe he doesn't Mark, but it's very brief. I, I I forget, but the 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 point of the whole thing that I was I was listening to was like, if you do the impression, <laughs> what dude? The whole the whole idea was that it's like these different books depict a different story of these people that had different beliefs in kind of what happened during this time, and hearing that and knowing that was like oh man that's that's so much nicer (laughs) that's so much nicer and i feel like it allowed freedom to be like if something doesn't line up that's okay because it's not like i'm this is literally just someone telling me a story but that's part of the problem with not problem sorry be nice (laughs) 
that's part of the 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 problem I had with the church was that it didn't have room for there to be error in the Bible. And yeah, once I allowed it to not be infallible, it was like in some ways much more precious to me because it there's a lot of like real truths in love and things that I really believe in. There's a lot of horrible things that I really don't believe, but there's a lot of real things that I really like take and think that better me as a person. But I, I it's like, if, if it's all or nothing, then it's like, I think I'd rather have nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I think, I mean, Hebrews 11, because the biggest, I think like the biggest combatant to doubt when yeah. you think about people in the church is faith. Like, oh, you doubt? Like, well, be faithful. Hebrews 11 says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Mm. So that was kind of the basis of like, oh, you're having doubts? Like, you just got to have faith about it. You know, you read about Gideon and Moses and all these different guys in the Old Testament where it was like, oh, God wants to use me. That's not going to happen. And God says, yo, throw your staff down. Boom. It's a snake. He said that to Moses in Exodus uh, with Gideon nice. and judges. He says, like, you doubt me? Throw down this wool. When you go, when you like at night, you wake up and only do is on the on the wool instead of the whole grass. And Gideon goes, mm, I still don't know if that's real. God says, do it again. And then he <laughs> makes it on all of the grass and not the wool. And so like one of the biggest combatants is is faith when it comes to doubt. But I think the way church cultures can be negative in how they bring it across the delivery is that it's like you can't doubt anything like whatsoever it's like oh you have doubt you're human well stop it because jesus uh and i feel like that's like a really big deterrent from people who just want to know truth and acquire truth and ask genuine questions because then it's like in a roundabout way you're having your questions being shot down and there's this there's this pressure of being perfect mm. in your faith kind of like what you were saying earlier on like you can't doubt uh, within church culture sometimes and if you do it's like oh he's a sinner oh there's something wrong with him he doesn't mm -hmm. actually believe and then you know going along with church culture stigmas is like okay well then now you get an eternity of hell because you had to ask one question back on march 16th of yeah. 2014 <laughs> i do remember that you should have a you should be able to have like a um what do they call it when you're in jail and then you meet with the judge and then like they bring in they bring in a people and they're like so do you think this guy's good good to go Party? it's called a get out of jail free card no um so here no in real life uh, it's, it's like uh, they meet with the judge and then they like do a little update no okay whatever you know what i mean you know what i'm talking about yeah they should hey, have one of those in hell just like a, a, a what's now I'm trying now I'm sincerely trying to get a word. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I forgot. I have An to watch the lines again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but the, I just know that like some prisoners when they're like they're up when they're like up for parole and they got to meet with the people and they're like, okay, is this good? Are you good? Did you learn your lesson? Sick. <laughs> Go ahead. Th they should have that. That's I mean, that's technically what purgatory is, in terms of like eternity. Well, and that's what's the I I mean I'm really speaking out of my butt here, but uh, <laughs> that fear hole. Hey, that I'm speaking, I'm really speaking hole. out of my fear hole. 
uh, but, um, <laughs> I think that it, I think it. Ugh, no, I'm not even gonna talk about it. I'm not even gonna talk about it. I want to hear what you have to no, say. No, I don't want to talk about it because I, I, I'm not positive, and I don't want to about it, and I don't want to. Okay. Be That's more fair. of an idiot. Hey, I'm. Yeah, no, I am the. I am the designated idiot for this podcast. <laughs> Man, <laughs> it, it would have. It would have been so easy to just believe, like in <laughs> Old Testament. It was like God flooded the earth. You certainly believe God. Like the things, the miracles that happened in the Old Testament, it was like, no one was like, I don't know if there's a God. It's like, he spoke from a bush. There's a burning bush. That is the Lord. <laughs> it's like, it was so easy. Whereas Jesus was like, you think there's not enough bread here to feed all these people? Try. <laughs> and, and, and you were like, well, all right, he did it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's not too crazy, but that's pretty, pretty crazy. An- pretty anti-climatic. We're out of wine. Bring me some water. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. And pour some out. Jesus is from Brooklyn now. Where's the mozzarella? <laughs> mozzarella? Hey, Tony, Tony, they need another miracle over here. Hey, th- Tony, they want the sauce. Bring in the magic sauce. The, the sauce he walked on. Hey, you want the marinara? He walked on sauce. That's the Italian Bible. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, Italian Jesus walked on marinara. <laughs> Second rigatoni, best three. Hey, what are you talking about? My mama Mary, she's a saint. She was a virgin. Her name, her name was Mary Nera. And there's Mary Nera. We call her Mary. Nera was her maiden name. So Joseph Vera Mathia came around. Now she's Mary Vera Mathia, and it doesn't make any sense. No, we're good enough course here jesus goes in front of the court and he's like state your name for the court uh jesus nara <laughs> nara comma mary gospel according in the, to tony in the in the italian bible i think i feel like peter had a book peter peter <laughs> peter peter <laughs> the book of sal how are we supposed to feed all these 5,000 people? We only got two meatballs and three strings of noodles. Warm up the oven. I'll handle this. Wait for Giovanni. He's late. Wait. He's not here yet. <laughs> not here yet. I'm going British now. Wait for... Hey. <laughs> hey, the final supper. Bring out the spagoot. This here is my body. Spagoot. Spagoot over. Spagoot over. I gotta have Spagoot over. Gotta get crucified. Um, but to get back, to get back to it, uh, in terms of doubt, because I think a lot of what we've talked about in terms of church culture is that doubt is never really met too kindly at a certain point. Was there a time where somebody, where you had expressed your doubt and it was met with a way that was actually encouraging a way that like maybe helped you think that it was okay to have questions because i imagine there was a sea of negative responses that you know it's funny you should bring that up john because 
it was you. It was you all along. My heart. It was actually when we, uh, I started having those doubts. And I think I even, it was, uh, I know I'm, I'm repeating myself a little bit here. We, we just talked about this recently, uh, but I, it was, you had worked at a Starbucks at the time and it was in this little park next to the Starbucks. I had came to you being like, I don't think I, I don't think I like buy all of it. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm struggling with the idea of, of, of all of these, this, this Bible being true and whole. And you pointed me to uh, uh, the uh, Galatians and it was a verse in that, that I don't immediately remember, but it was about, you know, the, it was about, it was essentially saying like, it seems like you're letting other things within your world influence your faith, like stick to the word, stick to what you like know is true and, and stick to your faith. Um, and I think it, you know, whether you meant to or not, I felt like that really highlighted what I believed was true in the Bible and where that separated with the church at the time. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of instilled confidence in this idea of, I, I can, I can disagree with this to a degree. And I, I think in that moment it was helpful. And I think that you did kind of encourage me to uh, pursue those doubts or I, I don't know if you meant to encourage me to pursue those doubts, <laughs> But I, I think that it did uh, help me feel comfortable to to look at it and express it in the in those moments. Uh, that that was that was a situation within the church that I or that where I talked to someone within the church that it felt more encouraging to. It felt like it it actually, in the way it was intended or not, it did in some ways define my faith. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, I can probably, I can 95% say that I was not trying to dissuade you from the church. It probably was a little more of a slap on the wrist than anything. But then again, like that's all I really knew too, though. So I think if it did a job of encourage, like of giving you comfort in some roundabout way, then I'm glad that that was what was accomplished rather than, you know, trying to make you feel like you couldn't voice anything. Yeah. No, it was it was pretty specifically the as 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 high up as we ever spoke to within that church. It was those 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 top people that that were more like I mean, I never really had too many larger conversations, but it was very much more so I felt like that brick wall was always within sight of like, yeah, like, you know, flesh out those doubts for a little bit. And then I was like, why did that feel ominous? <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So I so getting into the the advice portion of this, for anyone who has doubts within church culture, you know, like so you grew up, you know, knowing a bit about church, you know, you wouldn't say you were like a five-star Sunday school kid. Um, but you like knew things, like you were like you knew about church and then uh even on the other side for me, like people like me who like grew up going to church like parents were heavily involved in like the choir and the leadership and stuff like that. Um, 
what would some words of encouragement be to those people who are starting to maybe experience some doubts, but are maybe a little afraid of, of voicing those doubts and those concerns? I would say that a it's, it's okay to have those doubts. I think that's human and essential to having beliefs like your your faith should not be unquestioned mm-hmm. i don't feel like that's faith i think that's ignorance <laughs> if you're uh, you know i don't know let's phrase that in a nice way um but i think that if you if you have those doubts i think it's okay to have them and i think that you should if you feel like you need to bring that up with people then do it I think being aware of what you need and being uh, having a, a support system around you of people that you trust is is essential. And I think I would encourage anyone that has doubts to bring it up with people that they trust and not be afraid to confront it. It's super scary and it's super awkward. And it is for a while, but I think after a while, at least in my own experience, it is very rewarding and much better. Don't reach out to me. (laughs) I was about to say well said and then... Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I think you got to come to people that you know will accept you no matter what. And I think everybody in the church or a church will express that, but it's an entirely different thing for those who actually follow through with the actions of that. And you want to talk to people that you know will meet you if they can't understand it, like that they're going to try to fight to understand it and they won't automatically condemn you for having certain doubts. And I think having doubts is like what we said at the very beginning of this, it's healthy. It's, what's necessary. Kind of like what Tucker was saying earlier. If you inherit a whole bunch of furniture and you're like, I don't want that. And you like throw it out and then you realize, Oh, like maybe I do want this. It's your own choice to want it at that point. You're not just accepting it in because you feel like you should, or because it was given to you. If you have doubts in something that you were raised to believe and you eventually come to believe that one concept, that's because that concept is your own. Doubt is a really big thing to building an authentic faith or even an authentic self. So, I mean, I think if I could give any advice, it would be to, to search out those doubts and know that like, it may be awkward. It may be a fight when you start voicing those things and exploring those doubts. But at the end, you'll always be, I think, more confident in who you are at the other end, whether you're religious or less religious or, you know, what's no matter where you're at at the end of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember so many nights being so scared about different doubts that I had in all of it. And I it was a long time and it was really tough, but I remember how essential that was to to getting through it. And I wish I hadn't said and because that was the end of the sentence. <laughs> Perfect. Um well, so on the flip side of that, for those who maybe don't have 
crippling DAOs. I don't want to say crippling, but for those who are maybe strong in their faith, maybe don't have doubts that question a religion as a whole, or, you know, for those who are approached when someone says, Hey, I've been having a lot of doubts. What's your advice to them and how to best respond when someone does build up the courage to, to share doubts? It's a good question, man. It's a great question. It's a good question, my dude. Um, my guy. My guy. Um, I think that it's, uh, if someone comes to you expressing doubts and you are someone that feels solid in your faith, I think it's tough to, I have to imagine it's tough to operate in certainty. And I understand that there's a crisis in knowing that it is urgent in a lot of ways, but I think giving people or acknowledging that people are and a lot of times just going through something and they need to flesh that doubt out. I would, I would encourage them to just listen and let them know they're not alone and that it's okay. Because I don't think you can like push someone through it. I think they Mm -hmm. have to keep walking on their own and decide, like we talked about a lot, another metaphor for all you metaphor fans out there. Uh, a lot, a, a common thing in the, in the church is that you have to open the door, but they they have to walk through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you can open the door for them, but they have to walk through it. But uh, it's the same thing with doubts. I feel like it's where that's the opposite situation where they have opened a door and they are afraid of this door that they've opened. And you have to let them know that like, hey, whatever side of that door you're on, like, I love you. It's you're here. It's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. I really feel like that acceptance and that knowledge that even if you have these doubts, it doesn't mean you will be like exiled that, that space, I feel like hardens faith in one way or another. It doesn't mean that that person stays within whatever faith or has aligns with you, but I think it means they stick in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Not every people will always face doubts. I think people will always have different concerns. And I think one of the biggest overarching themes with this part of advice within the podcast in season one, and I think something that's going to continue to reverberate throughout season two is that you got to remember where you were when you had doubts. Mm. You got to remember what you needed when you were feeling vulnerable, when you were feeling scared to voice whether it was a sin or a doubt or concern, whatever it might be, be what you needed for someone else. And that's the best advice that we can really give because Tucker's right. You can't force someone to believe you can't force someone to have faith just by saying, Hey, you got to have faith, man. And then you can't turn around and not give them Jesus's love just because they don't except you're the same idea of Jesus that you accept. Like Jesus loved the people that turned to, turned away from him just as much as he loved the people that were following him. Jesus still died for Judas's sins. Jesus still died for the rich young ruler. And I think that's so important for people who are in a church culture 
is that regardless of what people voice, regardless of what people decide based on certain doubts and fears, is that you just got to keep loving them. You got to keep loving them the way that you want to be loved, the way that Jesus would love them. Uh, and if people really want to be walked through, and if you got to be patient with those people, then be patient with those people because they're fighting just as hard as you are. It's just a different battle. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. Uh, well, before we bring this in for a landing, uh, AJ, do you have any any thoughts, any questions just within the realm of, of Dowd and and church, either for Tucker or maybe something for the listeners to think about? Um, no, everything that I have heard this evening has been very eye opening, especially that horse thing, the horse little drinker horse trough. trough. Yeah. That one, no. I'm not going to forget about that. I uh, forgot that. And when you said, especially <laughs> that horse thing, I was like, what the heck did I What metaphors about? did we? <laughs> what metaphors did we? Yeah. Did I have a horse thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the only thing I got to say is um, I agree with everything that you said, uh, both of you. Um, there shouldn't be such a line of like either yes or no. Um, I don't think that that's plausible for us humans to just have like a yes or no it has there has to be something blurry in between the lines and you have to be able to ask about it um and just because someone does doesn't mean that they're a bad person and um i really really hope that church culture moving forward um improves in that aspect because like you said, Jesus died for everyone's sins uh, and loved anyone who turned away from him. Uh, so, I mean, you know, and I live by that and that's it. <laughs> I do, in conclusion, mm-hmm. what you said. There it is. <laughs> land, that, land that plane. Thank you. Keep it going. I had to circle that's around right. the airport a few times, but we got it. Start back right up Right on the Hudson. Yeah. The on the huts, okay. Yeah, that's right. Sully, I saw it. Tom Hanks, <laughs> thank you. Well, Tucker, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for taking the time to go on tangents with AJ and I to rehash some old Radford memories. Uh, but most importantly, to just share your life about what it meant to have doubts within a church culture, where that originated from, uh, where that brought you, uh, and then of course, being able to provide some insight for, for those who have doubts and for those who may encounter people who have doubts uh, as well. Thank you so much for, for hopping on with us. Of course, please. Thank you for having me. I am a fan and I can't believe I'm on the show. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry for that kettle laugh. But <laughs> that was good. He's ready. uh but yeah it's been an absolute pleasure uh tucker was the guy i messaged when i first had to really dive into making this podcast a thing last year he gave me a lot of insight for websites and editing and things like that and tucker i know that a lot of people are going to have doubts just with their their own lives or maybe their walks with god uh, if anybody has any questions and wants to 
to get in contact with you personally, just to maybe ask questions or to have a safe space to, to voice their doubts as well. Where can people find you? Yeah. If anyone has any questions or anything, you can probably email me would be best at tuckerwinstanley at gmail.com. And I imagine that should be spelled out in the description. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We will, uh, we will spell check that. We will make sure that it's out there for everybody just to have for, for you guys to, to listen to maybe more of Tucker's story or to ask questions. Um, I know a lot of our faithful listeners that are my close friends will probably remember Tucker. Uh, and so even just to reconnect and, and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, this was a great start to season two. Uh, AJ, thoughts, closing, closing, uh, don't put, closings? Don't put me in charge of the closing line, please. Closing, AJ, take it away. Take I it away. really... AJ, what's your favorite? Uh, you, and go. Aries. <laughs> <laughs> what's your... Hit me, hit me with uh, 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 your favorite. Uh, go. Mm, sushi. Thank you for listening. We're going to catch you on the flip side. Um, uh, catch you on the flippity my, flip. Catch you on the... <laughs> see, I'll catch you all on the flippity flip. Flippity flip. Dink and flicker. Dink and flicker. But yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, really looking forward to the rest of season two. If you guys aren't subscribed on Facebook or on Instagram, what are you doing? Go do it. Yeah. Get in there. And Subscribe. All the posts. Share them. Yeah. Let us know. We got some I, good stuff coming. I'm really excited for you mentioned uh, the the toxic masculinity episode and the toxic positivity. Both those sound real cool. Yeah. I'm excited. In the works. In the works for sure. Uh, season two is going to be great. And who knows? We'll probably end up seeing Tucker again around somewhere, somewhere around these parts, somewhere in Brooklyn. <laughs> We're coming for you, dude. You, you betcha. No sleep till Brooklyn. No We're on sleep. the way. You got it. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, you know what? A, a plus. And cut. All right. Cut. <laughs> B plus for Brooklyn. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Deuces, my gooses. Oh, no. <laughs>